And boom, here we go for the big old stretch show on a hump day. Get your hump on. We are getting ready to round out the summer, head into August, get into the home stretch of the pro motocross season. And speaking of pro motocross, in moments, we're going to talk to our friend from France. Allez-vous français? I do not speak any French. But I do know this. Dylan Ferrandez is a homie of the 49, and we are going to talk to the number 14. Coming up here in just moments, he, by the way, tell you right now, he was not a happy camper after that race on Saturday. Gets third overall up on the podium. He's sitting at number two in the championship points, and he had a thing or 12 to say about that track. He was not happy with the Millville track, and he called people out. He even was naming names. I'm like, damn, you go, Dylan. Yay, yay. I love that dude. I just like, he's got this brutal honesty to him. And he's, like, I, I think some it rubs some people the wrong way. I dig it, man. I'm like, this dude is keeping it real deal. Holyfield. I like Dylan Ferrandez, man. Guy is cool in my book, and he rides hard, and he's getting better and better and coming on. I'd love to see Dylan get a win this freaking summer. I think Chase is going to be the first guy to stop the streak, though, when it comes to our friend Jet Lawrence, the Aussie. You know what's weird? The storyline of everybody trying to knock off Jet is cool, and can somebody do it? But at the same time, the storyline of Jet running undefeated and throwing a perfect game is pretty awesome as well. And there's, I haven't ever met anyone that doesn't like Jet Lawrence, unless you're like a teenage boy, and you're like, oh, man, the girls like that guy. I hate him. He's a dick. I can tell. <laughs> that kind of stuff. Because other than that, everybody loves Jet Lawrence. He's just a cool-ass kid. All right. I have weird stuff on the show today. Not my typical stretch show. I do not have a UFO story, and I do not have a what the Florida. I know. What am I going to do for the rest of the show? Well, I know that besides Dylan Ferrandez, we will talk to Chase Sexton in the middle of the show. But other than that, it's a lot of tech stuff, nerdy stuff, things that are coming out as far as technology for cars, that kind of stuff. A couple of cool things. Ford's come out with something really cool that we'll get into uh, after we talk to Dylan Ferrandez. Then I've got AI is like doing police work now. And it's, this is a, it's kind of scary to me. Like I liked it. It worked. They used this AI to see if they could bust some criminals and well, it works. So they're going to keep doing it. And it's kind of crazy. And, and, and I'm looking at a case of, to me, it's profiling. AI is racist and profiling because it's created by white people. And everyone knows that every white person is a racist. Even though in the tech world, no one's racist and they're all big old libtards. I doubt they're racist, but they're going to be accused of being racist now. Because the guy in this story, I don't know the race of the guy that gets arrested in this story. Well, I do because I, I look at his last name. He is not white. So we will uh, get into this. And it's going to be interesting in the future when we start calling software racist. Because it was programmed by white people. Of course it's racist. I got a crazy story out of McDonald's in the UK where it's like pandemonium over there. McDonald's going to be big on the hook of probably a huge settlement in the UK. Then I have... Uh, an American soldier has gone Darkside Jones. Yeah, Darkside Jones. This crazy story on American uh, soldier. And then I have some Harvard professors that have found something else that's really cool. 
and have a new invention coming forward. So a lot of weird stuff that I wouldn't normally do, but I find it interesting. So have it. We're going to do it. It's hump day. I'm through the hump. I get to lunch today, officially halfway through this week. Actually, before that, as soon as this show is done, I'm halfway through this week, which is lunchtime. But I am. It's a win-win for the fat man. All right, so you guys sit back and get ready, because Dylan Ferrandis is coming up next, and he's going to tell you this. He's going to tell you how much he did not like that track at Millville. He was not a a fan of the Spring Creek track this year, or the Spring Creek track prep. We'll get into that with Dylan Ferrandis next. It's the Big 49. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. There's a very badass motocross event coming next month to Oregon that I really would like to go to. This is badass. I am talking about Josh and Justin Hill's Big Hill Jam. And not only is it a badass hill climb, they've got 110 Supercross, they've got Freestyle, they've got all kinds of amazing stuff. If you are in the area, tickets are on sale now. The event's going to be the middle of August, and it's a damn good time every year. I know Monster Energy goes out there and shoots some amazing video. It's just cool, and the Hill Brothers are badass pro moto riders, so... Go check this out if you possibly can. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a Stretch show, and right now we are going to sit down with our friend from France. His name is Dylan Ferrandis of the Star Racing Yamaha team. Dylan, congratulations. Back up on the box today. And today seemed like a tough day for you. You go 5-3 to get third overall. You stay number two in the championship points uh, behind Jet Lawrence, who's on one hell of a run right now. But you're sitting solid in number two. But today seemed like you struggled a little bit. Like you didn't seem that comfortable out there. Was it the bike? Was it the track? Uh, give us your feelings on today's you know, track and, and how everything went down for you today. Yeah, difficult day for me. I uh, struggled a lot with um, the track, myself, the bike. Um, don't yeah. even know why, but yeah, yeah. was uh, was difficult. Uh, first moto uh, was behind AP and never never find a way to pass. And second yeah. moto was the opposite. He was behind me and never never find a way. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, not really a good day for me, but yeah, we we still here. We still on a on the podium at the end of the day, so um, yeah. it's still okay. But yeah, obviously uh, we want more, but it's not a, it's not an easy situation right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, to me the track was uh, terrible today. I really okay. didn't like it. Uh, the I think I, I rode this track pretty much every year the last uh, seven years yeah. since I'm in the US, and uh, yeah, it was uh, the worst the worst year that year. Uh, I don't really know why they prepped the the track with a ski uh, ski machine i think uh, yeah it's a wrong sport i don't know i don't understand that uh, maybe i need to ask jim my buddy jim art and, uh, and tell him uh, what's wrong uh, why they do that so um, no, i didn't really like the track it was very scary very tricky and um yeah very hard to find uh, to do different line and find a way to pass but yeah, anyways the same for everyone uh, just uh, just difficult day for me today. All right, and let's talk about it. You're talking about the track preparation is what you really didn't like out there today that made it difficult for you. What exactly was it in the track prep? Was it not, uh, uh, like, soft enough? Was it too hard? Was it too fast? Uh, to, to, too many different soils? Like, what was it exactly you didn't like about the track prep today? Uh, I think it's just uh, they stopped reaping uh, like they used to, to do the, the, the years before, or like okay. uh, when I was watching uh, when I was a kid. Like, this track was one of the best. And yeah. 
big big ruts and ripped uh, everywhere and even me uh, the last few years uh, at the start it was like so deep like we yeah. couldn't get speed and uh, right now i don't know they try to make every track faster and uh, i think it's yeah. more dangerous we we will arrive at the the first turn uh, i don't know maybe yeah. 60 miles per hour and uh, yeah. to me uh, to me it's not really it's not really safe so i think uh, yeah just uh, too much uh, too much not outpack but too hard not enough rip yeah. and uh, okay. Too fast, I think uh, today the track's too fast, and that's why uh, we see a lot of guys in, in getting injury. But anyway, like um, yeah, yeah it's just maybe for some guys they like it. Uh, I, I personally don't like it, but it's fine. All right, fair enough. Uh, great explanation of what you found wrong with the track today. How about the next track we're heading to? We're heading up to Washougal, which is another beautiful track. Uh, people really like the scenery there. It's a tough track to race on. What's your take on Washougal going into next week? Like uh, like Jet said, uh, I think uh, it's one of the beautif most beautiful track uh, surrounding, and uh, everything's super nice. Or riding by yourself is very fun, but yeah, yeah. in racing uh, it's tough. It's a tough one to race. Uh, yeah. A lot of roost, a lot of um, sun between the tree, and uh, you have some very shadow uh, section. Yeah. But no, it's it's a very nice track. It's one of the most. Uh, Beautiful track in the series, uh, difficult to race for sure, but um, it's still very nice. All right, and then after Washugo, we're going to have a two-week break where you guys are going to actually get some time off. It seems like everybody in this damn sport is going golfing, and I know you've spoke out before. You are not a golfer, so what are you going to be doing during the two-week break, Dylan? Uh, I think uh, going uh, on an island and uh, nice. take some surf, some sun, surf, and uh, nice. walk physically uh, off the bike because yeah, uh, yeah when we ride uh, every week and uh, we train uh, all the time, uh, sometimes we, we it's hard to to do dirt bike and walking out. So yeah, yeah do uh, do maybe one week off the bike and uh, yeah. walk physically. Uh, but yeah, for sure, uh, not in Tallahassee, Florida, pretty, probably on the island uh, somewhere. Uh, yeah. I don't know in. Uh, in the Caribbean. Nice. Go get your Caribbean island on, man. Well, you have fun, Dylan. Go get your surf on. Enjoy that couple of weeks off. But let's take care of business next week at Washougal. We wish you the best of luck there. I anticipate you being back on the podium and doing all you can to push for a win. So congratulations to you and the Star Racing Yamaha crew. We'll see you next week in Washington. I'm Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. This weekend, Pro Motocross heads to Washougal, and there is an underlying story that people are really fired up about, and it is getting some really good riders to come out of the woodworks. I'm talking about the $20,000 two-stroke race that's going to go on at Washougal. Now, personally, I'm not 100% sure if it's the highest-placing two-stroke in the races or if it's a fully separate two-stroke-only race that's going to take place at Washougal. But I can tell you, Carson Brown, who doesn't live that far from there, he's brushing up on the two-stroke, and he's going to be out there. And remember, that guy won the Red Bull straight rhythm in the 250, and he is no effing joke on anything. He's really, really good. So look for him to be a heavy favorite. I know Kevin Moran's got a two-stroke out, so a lot of people are looking to grab 20 grand this weekend at Washougal. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Oh, Big 4-9. Stretch show, more bounce. Nobody's getting stabbed. Now, this is a new patent by Ford, and I think it is going to be really cool. It's kind of how we're going to have to do this moving forward if everybody has to go electric cars, because 
Gavin the Douchebag Newsom is California is going to F us all. You've all driven to Vegas and seen all the douchebags and Teslas. And by the way, Teslas are the new Dodge Chargers. Sure, you can't really do donuts in one because the computer won't let you, but people that drive Teslas drive like douchebags, and they all speed. And you see them on the 15 when you're driving to Vegas. You got your bounce on, you got your Roger Zap, you got the windows down because it's 120 and you're yeah, just rolling. And then Tesla goes zip, 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 zip. And then a little while later, you pull in to get a little gas, maybe freaking a 44-ounce drink at the AMPM or something. And you see all the line of Teslas charging their damn batteries because they forgot when you drive like an a-hole, you suck more juice. When you run your AC because it's 120 degrees outside, you burn more juice. And you can't go to Vegas all the way on one of those even extra charge ones because why? Because everything burns more juice. And then it takes forever to recharge the damn thing. You're sitting in the middle of the desert sweating your balls off. Going, come on, man. I just got to plug my car in for about 40 minutes. Yeah, this is not thought out well. Gavin Dusham, suck a big old ball sack. But here's what's happening. Uh, Ford has seen the writing on the wall. They're like, man, we can't, people can't do road trips. America was built on road trips. Once they built the highways across America and people started road tripping, that really introduced us to the uh, automobile being the way of America. And it's been the love affair of America, the automobile, ever since. Well, when your automobile can't take you hardly out of the county without having to stop and recharge for 30 or 40 minutes, that doesn't work for us. We want to keep rolling. So Ford sees the writing on the walls and they're like, hey, we got a new patent, bitches. It's a backup battery. You're like, how's that work? Because those cars have the battery is the size of the entire effing car. Well, these new batteries, they're like a luggage rack, and it bolts right to the car, and you can rent them. And they're compatible with many different EV setups. So you can slap one to the roof of your Tesla, and when your Tesla battery starts to go, you just kick it over to the backup. But damn! And you keep rolling, and you're no point oh with the rag top down so your hair can blow. That's what people are gonna do. They say the proposed backup battery pack would rest on the roof of the car and provide drivers with extra battery power. This way drivers can alleviate range anxiety and uh, they don't have to worry about running out of juice before they reach the next charging station. These things can be left up, you could buy one and just leave it up there. Now here's the problem, most of those batteries weigh up to 1,000 pounds so you're not gonna be able just to throw a thousand pound battery up there. So they're looking at doing one more like Prius size to be about 120, 125 pounds built into a luggage rack type situation that'll just be up on the roof. And then it'll plug into the car and it'll run the whole thing. You know, it's like another, let's say it's a good quarter tank. It's an extra quarter tank you can get out of your EV. Pretty smart move from Ford. They just filed the patent, they got it. The thing is not out yet, but it is Believe me, it's been made already, and they've been testing it, and they're getting ready to come with it. They say these things are uh, rented or leased prior to an off-roading trip. If you had a, well, you know, EV off-road vehicle, you put the battery pack on the roof of that, and you know you're out in the middle of nowhere. You're like, all right, it's gonna take a very long time to charge this car with two solar panels that are foldable in the back of my truck. Yeah, it's not gonna work. The back, the, the juice pack is the way to go. So. Shout out to Ford for getting their juice back on. They 
say the switch to EVs is good news for the environment. EV pollution output is 30 to 50% lower than pollution from vehicles with internal combustion engines. Oh, yay for us. But the batteries weigh 1,000 pounds. What can we do? Yes, yeah, so here you go. It's your answer. 176-pound battery coming to the rooftop of an EV near you. Big Fortnite. It's a stretch show. I'm going to uh, break it down and do a little sidebar rant before I get back into more technology stories. Coming up in moments, I'm going to get into a story about AI and it being racist because that's the next uh, argument we're going to hear. But I got to tell you about my day yesterday. I've been having problems. My car registration was due in July. So, like a responsible person, in uh, June, I went down and I literally was like, all right, I got to get my car smogged. It was that time of year. And I start driving and I got to check engine light. You know what that means? Well, something's either wrong. I got an old ass car. Something's wrong with my car. I go get it checked. Oh, it's your oxygen sensor. Oh, okay. So we replace the oxygen sensor. Check engine light goes off. Next day, check engine light comes back on. I go back to the guy that fixes my car, and I'm like, hey, dude, the sensor's back on. And he's like, all right, let me have it again. All right, well, all right, it's off now, so put it off. I drive it. I get home. Oxygen sensor comes back on. So basically what's happening is they try to force older cars off the road. And my car's not that, it's a 2008, it's old, but not, you know, 100 years old or anything. It's not blowing smoke or rolling coal. It's just a freaking six cylinder gas burning engine with European design and classiness. So I'm like, wait a minute, I have to do this. So I put brakes on it in about May. Then I add the oxygen sensor fix, and then I brought it back in for more work on the oxygen sensor. And then I knew I was gonna get danked a big penalty for not getting it registered, so I went ahead and paid the registration fees so I wouldn't be late, but it came back rather than my sticker with a letter that says incomplete registration, you need to go get a smog check. Well, I can't get a smog check. So today I bring it to him and I'm like, look, this thing has to pass smog, do whatever you gotta do. So my guy that works on my car, he's over by my work, Awesome dude, absolutely love this guy. Good dude, honest dude, does great work for us. He'll do something, if it's like changing a bulb, he won't even charge you. He's just like, yeah, don't worry, I, I, I got it. You, we come back all the time, we give him business, everybody from my office, so love this guy. Well, imagine my surprise today, I dropped my car off, he's like, don't worry, I'll have it fixed for you today and you'll be good. I'm like, thank you, sir, I appreciate it. So I come back up to pick up my car about five o'clock and I notice something as my car's sitting there ready to go. The side of my car is creamed. The side of my car is whacked. Like my car has been in a car accident. And I'm like, what the F happened to my car? And he's like, I'm not kidding you. I drove it over to Smog after we fixed it. And then I'm driving it back. He goes and an old lady just blows to his stop sign and T-bones me. She creams the side of my car. Now here's what's weird. I got an old car, but I bought that car used only a couple years ago doesn't have a crap ton of miles considering it's a Volvo and they can go for two, 300,000 miles, no problem. That's why I bought it. And uh, here we are. My car now is owed and it's, it's creamed. And my dude tells me, hey man, this lady just boned out and clipped me, said she didn't even see me. Problem is she's 84 years old. I'm like, oh, what the hell, did she take off? 
And he goes, no, 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 I got all of her info. She's got good insurance, but she wants to pay cash because she's afraid they're going to take her license. And I'm like, dude, my car's not worth much because it's already old and got a lot of miles on it. They're going to total it. So now I'm really in a weird situation. I can pretty much turn it over to my insurance and they're going to total the car, pay it off and give me a little bit of money. And then I can go get another car or I can let this lady pay for it, not report it to the insurance and go get it fixed myself or drive around a beat up car and eventually just use the money to down payment to get another car and get rid of my car anyways. Because he told me, he goes, this thing's not getting through smog again. He goes, you got two years on this car. So it's gotta go. Now it's all bashed on the side, but I love my car. The Volvo was a sweet grandpa ride. Remember, I'm old, but man, that was a tough one to swallow today. So now I gotta get off of work. And that's another thing. When you, once you work nine to five, you don't have time to do anything like go to a car place and get an estimate on your car. Now I have to do that at some point tomorrow. What a nightmare, man. What a nightmare. But anyway, that was my day yesterday. My car passed smog, though. I got my sticker. And I also got no left side on the rear. Drove fine. The door's still open and everything, but it just creamed the rear left door. Creamed it. Fun times. I'm Stretch. Sometimes my life blows. It's the Big 49. The Man Urge. Entertainment Report! Right, here's something crazy. The Las Vegas police announced that they served a warrant this week in the Tupac Shakur murder investigation. They didn't say if they found anything. Obviously, they made no arrest, but they did serve a warrant in the murder investigation of Tupac Shakur in Henderson, Nevada, not that far from Las Vegas. Pretty weird. We'll see if there's any updates. And Tiger Woods' ex-girlfriend Erica Herman has dropped her $30 million lawsuit against the pro golfer after she says he kicked her out and kid tricked her into leaving the house that she shared with him for so long. Which, by the way, Tiger's house in Florida is a badass mansion. This chick wasn't married to Tiger. She doesn't have kids with Tiger. She was just a girlfriend and she was trying to cash out once Tiger gave her the slip. And it looks like she's dropped the lawsuit or Tiger gave her a little change and she bounced. And here's an episode of stupid American celebrities doing stupid American celebrity things like bringing weed on private airplanes into foreign countries and getting arrested and thrown in jail. I am talking about the model Gigi Hadid who took a private jet to the Cayman Islands. They searched the group's luggage when they arrived and they found weed. Hadid says because it was registered in her name, the actual airplane, that they arrested her and blamed her for the whole thing. She also accuses the cops in the Cayman Islands of trying to bribe them and they are now inviting her to come on down to the courthouse and file a complaint. And oh yeah, she said, but I have a weed card. Well, guess what? Your weed card only works in California, you idiot. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 49, it's a Stretch show on a hump day. Here's a fun one for you, kids. AI is now doing law enforcement, or law enforcement's now using AI, and apparently it works, so they're gonna keep doing it. And I gotta tell you, we're gonna hear the cries of racism as this happens. Let's talk about it. Authorities are using services of a company called uh, Raycor. And what it does is it analyzes traffic patterns regionally. And in the course of that analysis, the program 
basically reads license plates. And they use, you know, highway cameras all over the place and they input. So they know where your car is. They know where you've been going. And they know, by the way, this is now a supercomputer and it knows where you are every day and your driving patterns. So they just put all that into a machine and the little algorithm checks things out. And then it spits out people that are suspicious. Here's what's crazy. So they call it AI-driven roadway intelligence, the platform. And what it does is when it spots you as a suspicious vehicle, it alerts the police or the authorities or all public agencies in an area, hey, this vehicle is suspicious. And then they look into you. Well, why is this car suspicious? So in New York, they had a car driven by this man. And I can tell you, uh, he is not a Caucasian, which means the software is racist because it was put up by white computer programmers. Those are the most racist people in the world. <laughs> so here's what happens. They use the software. They sift through the gigantic database of information that it culled from regional roadways and their automatic license plate recognition system. And they've got 480 cameras feeding into this thing. And it routinely scans 16 million vehicles a week. And it can spit out ones that are suspicious. And you're like, what's suspicious about it? So by capturing and identifying data points like a vehicle's license plate number, make and model of the vehicle, and then they reverse engineer vehicle trajectories from where your vehicle's been photographed. And then they travel across the state. And what happened is this guy in particular that they get here, he gets popped. He's a drug trafficker. And you're like, how does freaking this thing know that he was suspicious? Like, what is it that gave this guy away? Well, I'm glad you asked. He was driving basically, uh, he was driving far on a regular basis and then not staying for long and driving right back. Now, granted, you know what you could be at that point? You could be like a, a parent who's got a joint physical custody agreement and your kid's in another state because this guy's driving across state lines. And, you know, you drive up there, pick up the kid, drive back. But no, no, no. That's not what they think on this guy. They run his plates and they're like, oh, yeah, this guy right here is suspicious. He's been driving all the way across state and he turns around. He was routinely making trips back and forth between Massachusetts and a certain area of New York State. And they say, you know what's funny? You know who drives those routes? No narcotic pushers. That's who. They say people that are suspicious activities drive that route. I don't know how they know that in the algorithm. But because of that, because this guy was driving a suspicious route very frequently between Massachusetts and New York, they went ahead and pulled him over. So they radio in, they're like, yeah, we got this vehicle, here it is. They pull it over, and you know what they found? They found a guy named David Zayas traveling through the small upstate uh, town of Scarsdale, New York, and the Westchester County Police pulled him over because of his suspicious activity, and they found a large amount of crack cocaine, a gun, and $34,000 in cash. 
he later pleaded guilty to drug trafficking. Now, how did they know he fit the bill as a drug trafficker? They say they just freaking follow that route. The algorithm told them, the AI told them this guy was suspicious and it was on a suspicious route that drug traffickers take. And the fact that he was making this route frequently, he was running drugs between Massachusetts and New York and New York and Massachusetts and the money and the drugs and the back and forth and the back and forth and the AI popped him. And voila, it worked. So now guess what? They're gonna be doing this a lot. That's why Moto Man is not gonna be anywhere there's cameras when he starts being a drug mule for the Big 49. Doing what he gotta do so the Big 49 can survive. It's hard out there for a pimp, but somebody's gotta slap the Ninja Turtle backpack on, jump on the Honda 70 that's really a, a 250, and haul ass across the desert where there are no cameras and there are no algorithms. Maybe a drone, but you can outrun a drone. Moto Man gonna ride like the wind, no drone's gonna catch him. He'll have 37 kilos of coke high on his back, just running through the desert. Ah! Riding like the wind. Yeah, we'll beat the algorithm. I got this one figured out. Don't worry about that. Yeah, so watch out for the, the computers are gonna bust you now. They're doing the police work that the police never even thought they could do. That's scary. It really is scary, man. All right, coming up next, let's talk to Chase Sexton, our friend, HRC Honda. It's the Big 49. Big 49, it is a stretch show. Right now, we are sitting down with Chase Sexton of the HRC Honda team. A second place finish for you today here in Millville, Chase. And you had some moments where it looked like, all right, this is Chase's day. Someone's finally going to stop the streak on young Jet Lawrence. And then uh, you ended up having a wipeout. Walk us through your day. Let us know what you think about your riding today and, and you know, just everything that happened out there. Yeah, I've... Uh... For their second one to start was um, about perfect. It was a little bit of yeah. a drag race between Jet and I. Yeah. I uh, got into the lead, and I just, uh, yeah, I got on the gas a little bit too hard. I was into that soft stuff, and I kind of expected to get traction, and I did not get traction coming out. So I slid out, and Jet got around me. And then right. <clears throat> after the finish line, he made a big mistake. I thought he was almost going to crash, and then I ended up crashing two corners later. Um, just being behind him. The roost coming off the tire, I, I was wide open. They could not see anything and just went right over the rut. So okay. um was thankful that I didn't really crash that hard. I just really just slid out. And um, from there, the race was pretty much over. So, yeah. <clears throat> but first moto, I had a really good charge. I ended up, I fell three times a day, which is not uh, not yeah. ideal. But I uh, I fell um, first lap and okay. really put a good charge on it. Got to the back of Jed and we uh, went to battle. So, um, yeah, my riding is getting better. Just... Uh, few mistakes and i think that is just a little bit of um yeah trying to up the pace and uh i'm not going to quit and i'm going to throw everything at it so i'm um, looking forward to washugal and the rest of these tracks are kind of my style and looking forward to uh some more battles and what happened in exactly at that time when you crashed uh, right there when when uh, jet had made the big mistake what happened right there i just i just went over the rut and i was kind of on the rear fender just trying yeah. to get light a little bit and okay didn't have any weight on the front of the front of the bike and just lost the front. So, uh, yeah, live and you learn. All right, and you were talking about eating a roost out there. How was the visibility with you know that this track has such a, a, a different soil all over the place? You've got sand, you've got dirt, you've got soft dirt, hard dirt. You got everything out there. So, how was the visibility when you were you know trying to close in on someone and eating roost? Yeah, I went through a lot of tear offs the first moto uh, coming through the pack, obviously. Had to pass a lot of guys and then got yeah. to the back of Jet and it was uh, 
I ate a lot of dirt. So <laughs> it was uh, went through a lot of tear offs today. Uh, I was looking forward, hopefully, not to use a lot of tear off second moto and ended up going right back behind him. So, yeah, just putting the pieces together is going to be the main thing. And, uh, like I said, looking forward to these last four races. All right. And then uh, what happened in that first moto chase? Because you went down there. Did you just get, like, uh, hung up in the rut uh, uh, coming down that face? Or, or what happened in the first moto when you crashed there? I scrubbed that single and I caught the top of it with my front and I, like, uh -oh. went the opposite way. Yeah. And there was ruts down there. So I just cross rutted yeah. when I landed. And I, I got up. I'm like, not again. Like, I'm, this is going to be a lot of work if I think I'm going to be able to get to the front. So, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, we we fell a few times today. We got a few dirt samples on the yeah. track and every kind of dirt. I was in the dirt and I was in the sand. So, oh, man. Um, yeah, we'll work on that for uh, next weekend. <laughs> for sure. Uh, hey, were you surprised, though, that after that crash, you got right back in it and were able to almost run Jet down in that race? Did that surprise you at all? Uh. I mean, I wasn't so much surprised. I just had a, I felt really good, and I felt like I was yeah. being just more aggressive, and that was really the key for me. I feel like I've been so flat um, the first few races coming back, and not yeah. a lot of push. So, I feel like I was able to push, and I was kind of just mad, honestly. I was just like, yeah. I really don't care what happens. I'm going to the front. <laughs> so, um, nice. that was kind of my mindset today. And uh, let's talk about this. Your health. You were down. We know you had the mono issue. You had injury issue. And you're coming back for it. How do you feel your health is now, uh, third race back? Uh, you think it's it's like improving every single week, more and more and more. Like, where's your head at with your, you know, with your health and your injury updates? Yeah, definitely. I had a, I feel like I had a lot to give that second moto. It, it ended yeah. up getting cut short because after I fell, I was pretty much in no man's land. Yeah. But uh, I definitely feel a lot better as far as physical condition and my okay. riding. I, that was the most aggressive I've been all year. That that first moto and even in the beginning of the second moto. So, yeah, yeah I think things are trending in the right direction. I. Uh, I ran the scoop tire in the second moto in the start. I was like laughing going on the straightaway because it was like midway down. I just went yeah. by, like, because I think Plessinger was right on the inside of us, and I kind of, yeah. we were all kind of even, and then I hit the dirt and I kind of went just rocket it out. So, um, but that probably wasn't the greatest when I slid out the and before the sand rollers. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, we made a bike change for second moto as well with oh, the shock wow. and yeah. just trying to find some little things. And uh, I think I was better than the first moto, but overall, like I said, my physical is way better and i think yeah. i'm recovering a lot better as I, the season goes on which is uh i think that's a good thing so looking forward to like i said these last few rounds and just overall getting getting better and better all right now we're heading into washugal even jet said uh, when we talked to him that he feels like washugal is more of a chase track and expects you to do really really well there uh how, how are your personal feelings on washugal because that seems to be the sentiment that this is a track where you're definitely you're going to be the toughest you've been all season uh, at Washougal next weekend. I just think the dirt. I uh, I'm, I feel really comfortable on that kind of soil. That's why okay. I kind of grew up riding on. Um, coming from the Midwest, it just has good. I think. I mean, the traction kind of goes away during the day, but it yeah. starts off super grippy, and yeah. it's a really good flow track if you get a good start and are able to get out clean. Yeah. So. That's kind of the plan. You got to get a start there and uh, try and break away and just ride your lines. It's it's, it's going to be a hard track to pass on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's some it's a track I look forward to. It's definitely probably in my top five as far as uh, yeah. favorites. Um, honestly, right. the last probably four tracks are some of my favorite ones. So okay. I think uh, 
yeah, Washougal's a good track. It's it's definitely a lot different. It's good, good scenery, and it's just a cool venue we go to. All right, and let's talk about this. We got two weeks off after we wrap up in Washougal next Saturday. Uh, what's on the docket for you during a nice little break from racing? Yeah, I'll probably play a lot of golf. It's, uh, it's hard to really... Uh, play during the season just because one and it's you don't have that much time and two it's just really hot in Florida so um, I've been going to the range though at night a lot trying to get my swing a little bit better it's it's not in the greatest spot right now but uh, yeah I'm trying to get I'm trying to get into the single digit handicap that's wow. kind of my goal this year and I think yeah. if I can start grinding now by the time we get into the off season I should be uh, in a good spot to get there but nice. yeah I probably play golf I might go fishing um, offshore with some of my buddies that live on the coast and. I mean, obviously ride and train, but also just be able to do some stuff that you don't get to do um, when you have to race on the weekends. So it's, it's going to be fun, but yeah, we got to race before that, and uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. All right, Chase. Well, congratulations on the ride today. Looking really good. Look like you're getting stronger and more dialed in every week that you're back from injury, and we can't wait to see what happens in Washougal next weekend. Best of luck to you there. Hopefully we'll talk to you again soon, maybe on the top of the box. I am Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. We all know that e-bikes are a thing of the future, and everybody's getting ready for them. They perform like crazy. They're super, super fast, and they're trying to sell everybody on them being the future of motocross racing. We'll have to wait and see on that one. But Tesla, the ultimate electric car company, they tried to make a thing called the Cyber Quad. It was a fully electric off-road quad, and it was targeted at children 8 to 12 years old. The problem is, after they made them, it failed to meet the U.S. safety regulations. So they had all these quads that they couldn't sell, and they just dumped them over in China, and apparently they're a huge hit over there, selling for $1,600. The 110-pound quads have a range of 8 miles and a battery life of 1.5 hours. I gotta love they have no safety standards in China, it makes it fun. Big 49, here's a sad story. Say every rose has its thorn. Kim Jong-un has a U.S. military member currently in his custody. And here's the crazy part. It's not like they snatched him. It's not like the guy was running a post in the DMZ of the between North and South Korea. Apparently, this guy was a dumbass. And he was in jail in Korea, so you got a U.S. military serviceman stationed in South Korea, and he had gotten in trouble, and they had had him in jail, and he was facing court-martial charges, and apparently he just defected, and they say he willfully and purposefully slipped through the DMZ into North Korea, cackling, laughing the entire time, saying, see you later, he didn't want to go back to jail, so much better to go to jail in North Korea because what do you think is going to happen when a U.S. military member walks across the border into North Korea? They're going to be like, hey, welcome! Have some kimchi! No, that's not what happens. You go to jail and they interrogate you and probably whoop your ass. So now the U.S. government is trying to get this a-hole back. In the meantime, South Korea is like, dude, you made a bad move. That's a bad outlet over there in North Korea. And this guy is in trouble. Or, not in trouble. I think he's in trouble just because he's running through the DMZ into freaking North Korea. That is a bad freaking look. So, yeah, there, there's a tweet out now. They had, they have acknowledged that a 
United Nations Command says that they operate a force there in the DMZ and that a U.S. national military member has crossed the border willfully into North Korea. So he was not kidnapped. Now they got him because I'm sure they think he's a spy or some kind of trick. This guy didn't think this thing all the way through. Wow. They say he was escorted to a South Korean airport for his flight back to Fort Bliss, Texas, where he was going to serve some time. He'd been up on assault charges for two months in the brig. So they're taking him to the airport. They're going to fly him back to Texas when he said, F you. He escaped and ran off to the, to the North Korea. He's hanging out with Kim Jong-un today, passing on military secrets. Crazy, man. Hey, you got to think, think things through a little better than that. Oh, man. Up next, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay away from the McDonald's story, I think. It's just bad. It's just like groping of underage teenagers and racism, all kinds of stuff being hurled at McDonald's in the UK. I personally think a lot of this, you've got disgruntled employees that are looking to dogpile on some type of class action lawsuit, and they're all going to be like, oh, no, I got discriminated against. I got groped. I got this. And, and, and I don't know how much of this is factual. But there's a lot of accusations coming out of the UK against Mickey D's. Mickey, Mickey D's, man. Don't F with the clown. It's a bad move. All right, coming up next, I'm going to tell you about how to, how to stay young. And it's not listening to Stretch because that'll turn you into a crotchety old man fast. Step Big 4 9. Big 4 9. It's a Stretch show here on a hump day. Thank you for humping with us. We appreciate your humping. Oh, boy. Here's a fun story. This one, another uh, Massachusetts area story. Got a lady. She'd gone to visit her friends. About 1 o'clock in the morning. She got back in her car, started her car up, started driving. Now, here's a little question. This happened to me once. Scared the bejesus out of me because it was late at night. It was summertime. I was in high school. I did not have a car with air conditioning. It was hot. I lived in Downey. Balls ass hot. Your balls could literally melt off. It's so hot sometimes. So I had my windows down. I was going to my buddy's house, 10, 30 or so at night, pull out of my driveway, get a couple blocks from my house, and something from the backseat of my car jumped onto my neck, basically, and attacked me. And I started throwing punches, and I hit it, and it fell into the back, and I pulled over to fight. I'm assuming there's a person in my car, even though I drove a small Honda. How could I have missed them? It wasn't. It was my cat. My cat had gone to sleep. We had a cat, and he was a scrappy mofo, and he fell asleep in the back. I knocked him for a loop. When I pulled the car over and turned around to fight, the cat was in the back seat, dizzy, shaking his head because he caught a straight blow to the head. The smack. Yeah, I punched him hard, but it scared the crap out of me. Well, imagine this lady's shock when she's driving, nuts, doesn't notice anything, and you don't look in the back of your car. Who looks in the back of their car? You don't. You get in, you know everything's fine. Well, she's driving and a light comes on in the back seat. At which point she discovers there's a man back there sleeping. He had covered himself up with clothes that she had in the back and was like hiding under the clothes. The man identified now is 36 years old, uh, Jelton Dos Santos of South Yarmouth and The lady freaked out so much, she started driving like crazy and flipping around. I don't know if he got scared and tried to jump out or if her flipping the car around 
flipped him out the door, but he flipped out onto the roadway. She then jumped out of the car, like drove up a little bit, jumped out of the car, called 911. The cops, before they even get the 911 called, pull up and see this lady outside the road in a, in a state of distress. And they're like, what's wrong? And she goes, there was a dude in my back seat. And I drove crazy and he flew out the door. And a short time later, they found the injured 36-year-old Dos Santos. And he was arrested and charged with breaking and entering into a vehicle at nighttime. I don't know why that's more than in the daytime, but he was arrested. Imagine that. That just goes to show you. Look in the back seat of the car before you get in. Now, if you drive a molester van, somebody can hide back there and they get you. You wouldn't even know. Word to the wise. I'm Stretch. It's the 49. Big 49. Stretch show, packing it up and getting the F on out of here for the hump day. But before I go, let me give you that story. How to stay young. Told you I had a stay young story. And then I tricked you and I dropped a Dylan Ferrandez interview on that ass next. That's what I do. I'm sneaky like that. I'm a hypocrite and a liar. That's what I do best. Also, Washed Up Radio has been. But in the meantime, let me tell you about what's going on. These Harvard researchers say they have found a chemical cocktail that has reversed aging in mice within a week. Say the chemical cocktail uh, is basically rejuvenating old cells within muscle tissue and within some organs. They say aging and longevity uh, expert, Dr. David Sinclair, who is a researcher in the Department of Genetics, like they say there's a major breakthrough that they've had some success with this before but never with basically a chemical cocktail that says to me you take a few pills and voila you start reversing the aging process within a week they say uh, the aging process can be reversed versus something inevitable so not all of it you're not going to go back to like you know a baby or something like that but they can definitely reverse the aging of your innards and of you know some of your muscles and that's good stuff many people they say spend a hundred thousand dollars a year on longevity clinics and this will change that game they say this chemical cocktail will make reverse aging way more affordable so pretty soon i'll come back i won't be a has-been anymore i'll come back i'll be uh the new and improved stretch show and i'll be like i'm 30 again that'll be amazing i just have to get rich first so that might never happen all right, I'm going to get my broke ass out of here. Being broke is what I do. I'm going to pack it up and come back tomorrow. Going to get into some 250s tomorrow. How about a little Hunter Lawrence HRC Honda team on the show? It's been an HRC kind of week. Get Hunter on tomorrow morning. Get Dylan on in the middle of the show tomorrow. And I will talk to you tomorrow morning. So till then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.